It is hard to make a difference in the world when you feel broken. You may feel like you don't have the energy or the emotional resources to do anything to help others. By healing yourself, you can awaken to the limitless possibilities of how you can help make the world a better place. In today's podcast, we'll be discussing five steps toward finding healing for yourself so you can live interdependently and help heal the world. Hi, my name is Will Sampson. I'm a social scientist who helps guide executives and companies to new levels of growth. If you want to improve your life all by yourself, well, that's your business. But if you want help from others, well, that's our business. And that's what this podcast is all about, helping each other succeed. We do that by inviting people into a growing revolution of interdependence. Now, I'm sure you have heard the saying, hurt people hurt people. I know this saying firsthand because I was a deeply hurt person who also hurt deeply those around me for many years. I'm grateful to say that I'm a person in long-term recovery now, but that wasn't always true. I came into the rooms of recovery as a person with a deep desire to heal the world. One of the concepts that's very important to me in my life is the concept of tikkun alam. It's a Hebrew phrase that means to repair the world. But there's more depth to the idea. In essence, you could think of tikkun alam as the, as the kind of peace and world repair that's possible when everyone is showing up, when everyone is present, when everyone is contributing their best selves to the world. It's the kind of peace possible when everyone is playing their part. Now, I've been interested in this idea for a very long time. However, I couldn't show up as my best self because I couldn't get past the pain and trauma I felt personally. I couldn't contribute to healing in the world because I could not find healing for myself. Now, the genesis of this podcast is to offer the insights I have found as I've sought healing for myself, as well as to spark a bigger conversation about how we can heal the world. I chose to focus on the word interdependence. Now, that, I realize, is not a word we use all that much. But I chose that word because it, it really represents the kind of healthy, resilient ecosystems we need to put in place to heal the great crises we are facing. But to truly live interdependently, we need to move toward healing. See, interdependence relies deeply on trust. And when we are broken, but we don't admit it, well, trust is just a hard thing to give, and it's a hard thing to offer to others. But the good news is that trust can be built by openness, by authenticity, by vulnerability. We begin to live interdependently when we admit that we need healing and we need others to help in that process. So today we're going to be talking about how we begin to move toward healing for ourselves, for others, and for the world. This is the first in a series. As I was preparing for today, I realized that some of these topics really needed their own podcast. So today's episode is a good start, and it's going to begin building a conversation around healing. So I'm going to offer five steps to move toward healing. And the first step is to understand that, that your healing contributes to my healing, and my healing contributes to yours. We are all connected and we can each play a part in healing the world. So right now I'm reading a book by a yogi. His name is Sadhguru. 
and the book is called Karma. And this is one of these books that you really really needs to be on your must-read list. I know for me, I brought a very Western mindset to the idea of karma. We've all joked that when something bad happened, well, the karma is a bitch, right? Because we confuse the idea of karma with the idea of fate. But it seems true, and it certainly rings true with my own experience, that karma is best understood as our life course or the path our life is taking. We think of karma as good or bad, but what if the more accurate way to think of karma is as the natural outcome of the choices we make, even the choices that are made for us? We come from certain families, we carry with us all kinds of baggage, and we live in a world that's broken. Yet it's still somehow true that our karma, our life course, is determined by the choices, large and small, that we make every day. Now, this is an important topic to bring up in relation to healing because so much of what we carry with us are things about which we're not particularly mindful or thoughtful. It's certainly true that we carry in our bodies the pain of past hurts, past traumas that occurred directly to us, and that's the thesis of the book. If you've heard the book, The Body Keeps the Score by Bessel van der Kolk, that's his thesis. But until we stop and consider those pains are, and are really mindful about their healing, our body will carry those things forward. Now, it's interesting. Philosophers and social scientists have been trying to understand this link, this question of how we carry trauma forward for generations. So Pierre Bourdieu, who I have read a lot, he's a French philosopher and a sociologist. He explored the question of why it seems to be true that inequality and social deviance just got passed on through multiple generations. Now, Bourdieu, writing in the 60s and the 70s, he didn't get a lot of takers for his ideas because our rational mindset is so trapped in what we view as science and the findings of science. And of course, we dismiss Eastern wisdom and the wisdom concepts. One of the concepts we might dismiss is the idea of vasana. And vasana, it's just a Sanskrit word that means smell or scent. But in Eastern philosophy, it's the scent, quote-unquote, of the impressions that are caused by just the, the full accumulation of our physical, our mental, our emotional, and our energy actions. Your vasana, the yogi would tell us, determines the kinds of circumstances that you attract to yourself. Now, we laughed at ideas like that in our rational, you know, hyper-Western mindset. And then we actually began to put some science around the question. So there's a particularly famous experiment that was held at Emory University in 2013. So there was a group of mice who were exposed to a particular scent, the scent of cherries. But every time the scent was introduced, the researchers also sent an electric shock into the mice. So in essence, they trained the mice to have a traumatic reaction to the smell of cherries. 
Now, until recently, our genetic and our DNA science said that environmental factors, they may shape our bio biology, but only very slowly and over many generations. However, when those same scientists at Emory, they tested the children of the initial mice who had been exposed to the cherry scent and electric shock combo, the children recoiled in fear from the scent of cherries. They had never been exposed to the experiment, but they recoiled in fear from the scent of cherries. They seemed to carry the trauma in their epigenomes. And the same was true for the grandchildren of the original mice. Now, you know, right about now you might be saying, hey, wait a minute, I thought this was a podcast about social science. I thought you were talking about healing, not genetic research. And that's true to a degree, but new science and new knowledge should always shape our paradigms. New knowledge should bring about a paradigm shift. That idea of a paradigm shift, it's an old school concept. It was coined by a scientist named Thomas Kuhn to describe the way our view of the world needs to expand and change when we have new scientific findings. See, for years we thought of healing the same way we thought of, well, frankly, pretty much everything else in the West, which was a psychological and an individualistic endeavor. Now, we'll talk about this more in just a minute, but, I mean, it's certainly true that healing is a psychological endeavor. It does involve the individual taking responsibility for their healing. But in order to truly understand healing from trauma, we need to see trauma and pain in their full spectrum. And science is increasingly informing us that we live with hurts we don't even know and may not have even been alive for when they occurred. For years, people who work in addiction science struggle to understand why things like alcoholism seem to carry forward genetically in families. And there's certainly no evolutionary benefit for that trait, right? But we're learning more and more about the way trauma becomes embedded into the very core of who we are, and we carry it forward, often unaware. So our first step toward healing is realizing that your healing can help my healing, and my healing can help yours. It's important to understand that like everything else we discuss on this podcast, healing is interconnected. If trauma can be embedded in our DNA, in our systems, our culture, our families, then healing has the wonderful possibility of bringing light to those things in the future. And I have experienced this firsthand. So, you know, my individual healing brought about healing in my marriage. It brought about healing with my children who are now less likely to carry the trauma forward, even if some of the pain and trauma is embedded in them. So through my healing, they can find the hope to end the cycle of pain from my family of origin. My healing gives me the ability to walk with others in their healing and to align myself with the kind of work that heals the world. And this is true even for the kind of choices that I make about which clients I'm going to work with as a consultant, as, as an executive coach. My healing has also allowed me to live in an increasingly more healed state 
with the tribes of people that I no longer call my own. I don't spend a lot of time because of my healing focusing on the people I don't agree with anymore. So here's the takeaway from this first step. Trauma and pain didn't start with you, but the healing can start with you. And your healing now has the capacity to bring healing to generations whom you will never meet. But healing is a journey, and the journey toward healing is not without pain. And that's our second step. Prepare for the journey, but prepare for the pain. Now that pain exists because it has become embedded into our operating system. Back to our yogi, Sadhguru, he talks repeatedly of the way in which pain and trauma simply become embedded into our operating systems in ways that we don't even see. Our spirit and our body may feel them, but our mind doesn't consciously focus on those traumas. We've been lulled by a false narrative of comfort. We try to manage our self-images through social media and through our consumption. Surely we can't be in pain, we say. Look, I have a new car or some other bright, shiny new thing, whatever that is. We manage the brokenness in our relationships by turning a blind eye and just hoping the wounds are going to heal themselves. We manage the pain in our world and in our culture by simply changing the channel. But no amount of cute cat videos can ever address what so many of us feel, which is just this, this deep sense of brokenness. Journeying toward healing requires that we break out of what one writer, Tara Brock, calls the trance of unworthiness. But the path out of that trance, it's not a path we see modeled. It's not a path we see depicted often in our popular culture, even in our media depictions across the culture scape. You think about the first Matrix movie, right? We saw Neo pulled from the pod. We saw his initial pain. We know he went through something because later we would see his scars. But even in the great hero's journey movies, we rarely see the actual pain when our hero is in the middle of healing. And because we've developed this unconscious operating system, breaking out of it is going to hurt. It will mean recognizing the reality of past trauma. You know, it's it's interesting to look at the phenomenon of PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder. To understand PTSD from a neuroscientific perspective, it's essentially what happens when one part of our brain doesn't believe the other because the truth just doesn't make sense. So think about a combat soldier whose creative brain cannot let go of the memories of the killing and the bloodshed. And that same soldier's brain also has a rational side that doesn't accept the logic of the terror. And so you have a brain that is at odds with itself, unable to forget the images of the trauma, but an, unable also to reconcile the reality of those images. 
So recognizing the reality of the trauma is the first part of the journey. It's not always easy, but my experience says that it is worth the trip. And so does the science. Healing from our past trauma provides myriad benefits for our health, our aging, our cognitive ability. It turns out when the brain isn't keeping track of pain, it's free to perform a whole variety of other tasks. So step one is to see your healing and my healing as bound up together. And step two says that healing will be a journey, but not without pain. And step three, you need to own your own journey. Now, this points out what sometimes seems like an irony or a paradox when we're talking about interdependence as we do on this podcast. As I've said on other episodes, there's a paradox to thriving. No one succeeds without working their asses off, but no one succeeds alone. And that same kind of paradox is true here. Now, I'm laying out a vision for healing, which is socially and communally bound. We have these traumas that we carry forward from the people who lived before us, from our families of origin, from our culture, from our neighborhoods, from all kinds of places. And as we heal, we can begin to offer healing back to those places, to those spaces. But the fact is that healing is something that we do ourselves. We'll talk in a few minutes about the kinds of healing that are available to us. These include physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, relational, systemic healing. And each of the types of healing involves your understanding of your own journey. There is no one right way to heal yourself or the world. So how do you begin to own your own journey toward healing? Well, it begins by recognizing the unique nature, the, the particularity of your experience. It's helpful to hear the journey of others, and it's helpful for me to do that because I, I find that while my journey doesn't match theirs, it often rhymes. When we hear the roads that others have had to travel, we can borrow strength from other people's breakthroughs. But to revisit our concept of karma, it's necessary to recognize that each of us are on our own journey. It's our journey but the choices we make affect others. Now, the overemphasis on the psychological approach to healing has often obscured this fact. You're not incomplete. You don't need someone else to complete you before you can find your healing. But, and this is a really important distinction, the reason we're talking about personal healing on a podcast about interdependence is that healing is directly related to your ability to be involved in the lives of others and in bringing healing to the world. So step one is to see your healing and my healing is bound up together. And step two says that healing will be a journey but not without pain. And step three says that you need to own your own journey. Now, we're gonna go through the next two steps toward healing at a high level and then we're going to expand on the next two steps in our, in our following week's episode. So our fourth step is that we need to recognize that we are taking the journey step by 
step. I remember when I started my recovery journey, someone told me that the rooms of recovery offered a million dollars worth of therapy, but you only got it a nickel at a time. You had to keep showing up. And one of the biggest hindrances to thinking about our journey toward healing as a step-by-step process is that we became damaged step-by-step, but we only see that now in retrospect. For all the reasons we've talked about, culture shields us from assessing the pain and the trauma that we often feel. Our great cultural narrative says that the rewards go for those who pick themselves up, dust themselves off, and start all over again. And while that idea is true at a macro level, (laughs) what it disguises is the tremendous amount of work in dusting ourselves off. And that's what I'm advocating here on this podcast about healing, that you take the time to dust yourself off. And that takes time and it takes many, many, many steps. Now, we'll talk more about the step-by-step process of healing in next week's episode. But the main idea I would leave you with this week is that every step counts, so don't be in a hurry. Come back next week for an expansion on this topic and also be looking for a future episode I'll be releasing in a few weeks called How to Talk to Yourself. And this will contain some helpful thoughts on giving yourself permission to take, take the healing journey as slowly as needed. And our fifth step is to visualize healing as a journey, not as a single event. Healing comes in many forms. We need to heal our body and our physical selves. Not only do we carry the pain and trauma deep in our bones and in ourselves, But often our bodies reflect the suffering we have undergone. As we journey toward healing, the most identifiable and straightforward place to start is by healing the body. Now we need to also learn to heal our emotional and our mental selves. Through some work I've been doing recently, I've become quite aware of emotional trauma that I've carried for most of my life. And I've been able to understand and begin to unpack the way in which that affected my daily disciplines, my choices, my life outcomes. And we'll talk about that as well in in next week's episode. Healing also involves reconnecting with our spiritual selves. Now, I'm not talking about religion here. If you need some clarification on that, be sure to listen to episode four of this podcast. But in order to heal, we need to see ourselves as part of something bigger. And that's not just the wishes of a sociologist, right? There's some incredibly strong science behind that statement. So we'll look at the spiritual elements of healing next week. But it's also true that healing can be relational. It can be systemic. In fact, I would argue that any healing that doesn't restore our relationships and move us toward establishing justice in our systems is just inadequate, selfish healing. And it's going to be stymied. We will all be stymied by that selfishness. But like I said, we'll get into all that that in next week's episode. 
So that's our podcast for this week. But as I do every week, I want to leave you with some journal prompts and some things to think about this week. Now, here's our first prompt. I want you to do some narrative journaling. I do this with my coaching clients. I generally ask you to divide your life up into three sections. So if you're older like me, you can do more sections. But the idea is to go back into each major area of your life and look for the pain. Reflect backward on those moments in your life that you would not like to relive. Journal about them. What about them caused your pain? How did those events cause you to feel? How did they shape your beliefs about what you needed, about what you wanted? And begin to get in touch with that pain and trauma that you have experienced in your life. The second prompt is to try to do the same for your family of origin and for your place. Now, there's a set of questions that I used to always ask my students when I was teaching in the college classroom, and it was these three questions. First, I come from a people who, and then number two, I come from a place where, and then number three, I bring with me. So for my students, I would say, for example, that I come from a place that was more liberal and open-minded, but I come from a people who weren't. So I bring with me a certain kind of skepticism about truth claims. Now, if you use that same model in thinking about your family of origin and the place where you came from, you can begin to unearth insights as to what traumas and pain you may have been handed, perhaps even without your knowing about it. And a third prompt then is to ask yourself, what would my life be like if I wasn't carrying around this pain and trauma? How have the things I carried from my past affected my life course? And further, how would letting them go affect my life course into the future? So that's a wrap for today, folks. Please follow me on social. You can find me at Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at TheWillSampson. Please hit the subscribe button below to be notified of the latest episodes. Thanks, everyone, and I will see you the next time on the Revolution of Interdependence podcast.